John Markland is an entrepreneur, Forbes contributor, and business coaching firm owner based in Jacksonville, Florida. He changed his life using a method he created called the Four Seeds of Accountability. This episode, Don will teach you how to achieve success and build confidence. I fell into coaching and kind of being an entrepreneur backwards. You know, some people, you know, start following Gary V when they're 15 years old and they're like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur or some type of thing. That was not me. Hmm. I did not want to be an entrepreneur initially. You know, I was a corporate guy. I was running sales and marketing for a call center company in Northern Utah. And I was ambitious as anybody. I was hardworking. I was good at sales. I was good at operations. I was a big study. You know, I was, you know, I was reading 60 to 80 books a year. I was very, very focused. And, um, you know, I found myself 26 years old. I was vice president of sales and marketing and operations for a call center company making mid six figures. I was doing really well, right? But I was about 70 pounds heavier than I am now. My beautiful wife and three kids, I never saw them because I was on a plane three, uh, I was on a plane three times a month, like 24, 25 times a year. Mm. I was overworked, overwhelmed, overstressed. Mm. And one day I was in a training room. I'll never forget this. I was in a training room in Rock Falls, Illinois. And I just finished training like 500 employees. And I was sitting in the training room in the break room afterwards. I had just finished eating a chalupa from Taco Bell. I don't know if you've been to that great restaurant. Oh, yeah. Okay. The finest but American establishment is uh, that's Taco right. Bell. That's right. And I was pounding that back. And I was thinking, this can't be my life. Mm. This can't be it where I'm just flying around. Even though from the outside, many people would say, dude, this guy's successful, super successful. Inside, I was thinking, this is killing me. Mm. And what I needed was clarity. And so as I sat there, I remember I took out this little notebook and I still have it where I wrote down this quote from this guy named Bob Proctor, who said, accountability is the glue that ties commitment to results. Mm. And as I thought about his quote, I thought I need to understand this better. And I tried all the courses and books and all these things. Nothing seemed to help for me. And so as I sat there in that break room, thinking about that quote, I came up with my own personal program for just Don, totally selfish, wasn't trying to help anybody that I called the four C's of accountability, which was my way of bettering myself. Mm. And as I lived those four C's, some amazing things happened. First of all, I started to lose the weight, which mm. was great. Yeah. Started to see my family more, which was nice. And my wife liked the thinner me, yeah. which was a big bonus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and as I started to teach the four C's to my team and tell them to learn it, they started to be more successful and lose weight or improve their relationships. And the business that I was running started to grow. We went from 15 million to 25 to 35, up to 45 million. Mm. And I'm thinking, Hey, there's something here. This is actually working. And now here's where it gets a little interesting because you can imagine being 27 years old and you've got a program and you think you can save everything. You start to get a little cocky, which I was, I was starting to be unbearable. Yeah. And this is the way I think God works is right then I got my wife, my beautiful wife. She became diagnosed with cancer right right then. Okay. We had three kids under the age of six and she gets diagnosed. Mm. And I'm like, how is this fair? Yeah. Right. Like I don't drink or smoke or swear. I've got a program. I'm helping people. Yeah. And my wife gets diagnosed. That's crazy. Yeah. But we got through it. She's fine now. Mm. But those next two years were brutal. Mm. It was a tough with radi- radiations and surgeries and everything. It was brutal. But the only thing that got us through was the four C's yeah. and knowing we're going to do what we're going to say we're going to do. And as I got through that, I remember sitting down and telling her, you know, sweetie, I wouldn't wish these last two years on my worst enemy. Mm. And at the same time, oh, I wish everybody could experience this Mm. because I'm a better executive leader, manager, brother, son, husband, father, everything's better because of this. Yeah. And it was shortly after there, the president of that company I was working for came to me Mm. and he said, Don, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about uh, retiring and moving on to some philanthropic work and the board and I have met and we're discussing you being the president. Right. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I could be president. I'm not even 30 years old of this $50 million company. This is everything I've wanted. Mm. And And I'm sure, Sam, you've dealt with this where your brain says, do one thing, but your heart says, do do something totally different. That doesn't even make sense. Exactly. And that's where we were because 
I thought, God, do I do this path and become president and keep traveling 25 times a year, mm. even though my wife just went through this horrible ordeal? Yeah. Or do we do something crazy? Yeah. And we decided, let's do something crazy. We left the company. I walked away from the king job, president before I'm 30. Yeah. Great future. Took some money. Um, they they took care of me. I left. And I joined a startup mm. as an entrepreneur, owner, chief operating officer, employee number five. Mm. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to be an entrepreneur now. Even though I never wanted to be, I was always happy where I was. And now I decided to go crazy and totally risky. And I joined a startup and that's a whole different story of what that pathway was. But, um, that's how I got into entrepreneurship yeah. was, you know, finding your, finding it kind of a backwards way. Yeah. So you've touched on and kind of hinted at the four seeds, four C's, sorry. And I would be interested to know what are the four C's just so going forward, the listener can have a kind of perspective of what you're basing your, your life choices or your decisions off of. I'd love to, I'd love to talk about that. So the four C's are pretty simple. It starts with two rules and then it goes through four simple C's for them to understand. Right. The first rule is accountability always starts with me. Right. Always. Okay. So I don't get to go into a room and point out other people's faults. I always have to look at me first and say, how did I contribute to this? Yeah. So that, that kind of goes into locus of control, which is about internal locus of control or external locus of control. So internal means I am in charge here. What I do has an effect as opposed to things are happening to me. That's right. Exactly. Everything it can be acted or acted upon. Mm. Right. And so my philosophy is that is mm. you start with accountability with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how many times in every aspect of your life from business to even relationships, if mm. you start with your own accountability, everything gets better. I'll give you a perfect example. And I tell this to people all the time. A lot of my clients, you know, they're married mm. and they're, you know, they're entrepreneurs and they'll say things like, you know, my wife doesn't support mm. my entrepreneurship mission, right? What do I do? Right. Yeah. And I say, what are you doing to not help her support it? Yeah. Okay. That's the problem. Right. And here's a perfect example. Husband is trying to be an entrepreneur. He's out hustling, trying to get deals, or maybe it's the wife trying to out hustle and get deals, whatever. But he goes out, maybe he's working at an office and the wife calls and says, Hey, can you pick up milk on the way home? Mm. But he doesn't. He's out working and hustling. He's super busy and comes home and doesn't get the milk. Mm. And the wife says, hey, you didn't pick that up. Mm. And he starts to say, oh, well, I was busy. You don't understand. Blah, 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 blah. Four C's would say, the first rule would say, the first thing you say to her is, actually, I chose to not get the milk. Because you did, essentially. That's right. Yeah. I chose to prioritize my needs mm. over what you asked. Yeah. And you say that out loud to that person, I promise you're going to have a better relationship. Yeah. Because first of all, that first you saying that truth, you won't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> because what comes back, yeah, you'll you'll fix it going forward. Well, when you forget something, you chose not to remember, which is, you know, people go, oh, I forgot. And that should be sufficient enough. It's like, well, actually, I chose not to remember, which is a yeah. more literal way of saying it. Yeah. Or, or I chose to prioritize something else. Yeah. Right. I chose to prioritize my own needs over what you asked. Yeah. And by starting it that way, now you're starting to realize how many times the, the reason they don't support you mm. is because maybe you are, you have a lot of tunnel vision and you are really selfish right now. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem, right? right? So the first rule, accountability always starts with me, right. always with yeah. yourself. Second rule is anybody can hold you accountable. Right. Anybody. Mm -hmm. okay? And this is important because so many times we think I only want to be held accountable. Accountability has got this weird connotation to it people think it's a negative thing yeah. people think you know go hold that person accountable and mm. that manager needs to hold them accountable and that makes it sound like you hold somebody accountable when they make mistakes mm. accountability is in every decision that you make and anybody can hold you accountable to that mm -hmm. so for example if um if i'm there's a the, the metaphor i use to teach this is there's an american sport called baseball yeah okay and if I throw a pitch and you swing and you miss, mm -hmm. that's a strike. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if the umpire calls it a strike, it's a strike. If the opposing player calls it a strike, an opposing manager calls it a strike, a fan in the stands, heck, a fan in the stands could say, hey, that's a strike. It's still a strike. Mm. It doesn't matter who calls it. Yeah. It is still a strike. But so many times 
we get all bent out of shape mm. and get all frustrated right. because somebody called out our fault Yeah, that we respond and say, well, but you do it too, mm. or you're a hypocrite or yeah. you've got these problems. Why are you, it's not your job to tell me where I screwed up. Mm-hmm. And we get all frustrated when what we should say is, Hey, thanks for calling me out. Yeah. You're right. I swung and I missed. Mm. Let me, let me regrip and try again. Yeah. But we don't, we get so frustrated because somebody's a hypocrite. Well, of course they're a hypocrite. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Yeah. So of course it's going to be hypocritical. Who freaking cares? Mm. You still suck. Mm. Fix it. All right. Those are the first two rules that accountability starts with me and there's no egos. Anybody can hold you accountable. Right. Okay. Now the four C's are real simple after that. First C is critique success. Right. Whatever you do, mm-hmm. no matter how great it is, you've got a great podcast like you do before you break your wrist, pat yourself on the back critique it how can i make it better Mm. every time you do something well stop and analyze how can i do it better right right you think about this is the old concept sam walton used to teach at walmart where he used to say he didn't say do it right every time because he believed that was finite and an absolute he said do it better every time yeah that's progressive Mm. okay so critique everything that you do right surround yourself with people that'll tell you the truth Mm. And say, hey, nah, you know what, Sam? Your podcast is really good, but I really think you really need good-looking guys from the United States to be on there, right? Like me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. It gets better. Yeah. Right? So critique success. Second one is correct failure. Right. You've talked about this already on your podcast on a few few times, but the need to take risks and the need to have failures. Yeah. Okay. And we put this right in the four C's. I want more mistakes. I don't want to reward mistakes. I don't want to punish them. Yeah. If you make a mistake. I'm going to tell you, great job. What? Did, let's figure out where you made the mistake. Mm. Let's figure out the decision-making. Let's analyze it. Oh, it was right there. You decided left instead of right. Yeah. What decision did you use to decide left? Oh, mm. you decided, okay, that's where the problem was. Let's mm. fix that and let's move forward. Why am I going to beat you up? Yeah. You made a decision, you tried, and you failed. Yeah. Big freaking deal, right? Okay. So correct failure. Third one, celebrate growth. Mm. Hardest thing in this life is to grow. Hardest thing in this life is to choose to grow. It's hard. And I relate this to uh, physical fitness. If I go to the gym and I'm pumping iron, I'm doing bench presses, the only press that matters most is the last one, the one that actually rips the muscles, puts lactic acid into there and makes it stronger. If I stop any time before that, the weightlifting effort was pointless. I have to go until I choose to grow. Until it gets really, really hard. And people ask me all the time, Don, why would you say you celebrate growth and not celebrate success? And that's because I I think God created all of us, including Sam and Don and everybody, to be successful. Right. Whatever that successful is. Mm. We were created to be successful. So mm-hmm. why would I celebrate you meeting expectations? Mm. Right. That that builds entitlement. I expect yeah. you to be successful. I'm not going to celebrate that. Yeah. But growing choosing hard, putting more weight on the bar, doing something that makes you uncomfortable, making cold calls when you're an introvert. Hey, guess what? I'm going to celebrate the crap out of that. That's awesome. That's gross. I'm going to make that awkward. I'll bonus you. I'll buy you dinner. I'll go crazy when you do hard things. That's awesome. And the last thing is crush mediocrity. Crush mediocrity. So you know in London where you are, you have big bugs. I don't care how clean your house is. You're going to have bugs in your house. Yeah. Okay. You can have the cleanest house in the world. You're going to have big old nasty bugs. Yeah. Okay. We got the same problem in Florida. And when we see a bug, I've got this little lonely flip-flop. I don't know why we have one. We just have one running around. When we see it, we take that flip-flop and we crush that bug with everything we've got. Right. Because I know if I just tap it, he's going to go tell all of his little buggy friends, hey, Don's a wimp. Come on over. Hang out at his place. We got, it's a buffet table. That's the same thing with mediocrity in your life. You have to crush mediocrity when you see it. If it's your vice, your addictions, your shirking, your laziness, I don't care what it is. When you see it, you got to act with such fierceness Mm. to eliminate it. Yeah. Such passion and anger that you'll make changes. That much emotional commitment. Those are the four C's. Lovely. And so using the four C's, how can we apply them to our, to our mindset? Because the way I see it, there's, there's kind of like two different types of mindset. So 
to group them together, it's there's fixed mindset and growth mindset, and then there's a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. And the ideal person has a growth abundance mindset. But I'm assuming if we use the four C's, we can get to the growth abundance mindset and come out of the fixed scarcity mindset. Good work there. So Carol Dweck'sworth on growth mindset. I'm fortunate enough to mind to have her company mindset works as one of my clients. Okay, mm. and so I. I work with that group and help them grow their business. And so I'm very familiar with the growth mindset principle and the way it works. Yeah. And, um, and for any of your listeners that don't understand, right. The growth versus fixed mindset fixed is I can't learn, can't change. You know, I suck. I'm an idiot. All that kind of stuff. Mm. Growth is about, Hey, I can learn. I can change. This is in the most simplistic form. I do need good feedback. I do need trial and error and you do need practice. Mm. And if you look at growth mindset, four C's fits directly into that. Yeah. Correct failure, critique success. Those are both elements of growth mindset like crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you go look at the abundance versus scarcity mentality for anybody that doesn't know, scarcity mentality is I'm threatened by your success. Mm. It means that there's only one fixed pie of success in the world. And every time somebody else is successful or makes money, that means slices of that pie go away and I've got a limited amount left for me. Yeah. Abundance mentality is it's a buffet, it's yeah. unlimited eating. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else is loading up their plate, well, I should be inspired by that and load up my plate, yeah. right? It's all good. Okay. So anybody can hold me accountable. Mm. Anybody can hold me accountable is abundance mentality, right? Mm. Um, uh, and then if you look at growth, the uh, celebrate growth and crush mediocrity are both um, abundance mentality pieces. So it marries with those two concepts is one of the cool things about just philosophy in general is that it all builds on the back of and shoulders of other really, really smart people like Stephen Covey, who did the abundance scarcity mentality and Carol Dweck, who did growth fixed mindset. Yeah. And the way I use the four C's is number one, I talk about it every day. Like with my clients, I talk about it with myself. I go through every, all my major decisions yeah. and I stop and I go, okay, did I, is this correct failure? Is this critique success? Is this, you know, what, what, what did I do? Yeah. Right. What did I do? Well, okay. Secondly, the first two rules, I remind myself often, if anybody's giving me feedback, I don't care who they are. Yeah. I stop and listen and push my ego down. Mm. Okay, right? That's the abundance mentality, right? It's like, hey, you know what? Look, they're not cutting me down. They're building me up. Yeah. That's okay. And so it, it's a constant, You, you. it's just like abundance and growth mindset. You don't just check the box and say, oh, I've got it. I mm. figured it out, right? I've been learning the four C's at, since I created it mm. almost 15 years ago. Yeah. And I still review it every day yeah. and try to get better at it. Because life is a life's a journey, if we're honest. People think life is a destination. And surely the only destination we have is, you know, once you're alive and you're conscious you're alive, the next destination is death. So the whole journey towards that is is where you have the amazing parts. And whether or not they're amazing by, you know, my standards or your standards is a completely different thing. F- for me, you spoke about how you nearly was the president of the company you were working for, et cetera, et cetera. I was a stockbroker for a while. And the promise there was, you you come in, you dial this phone and you're going to be a millionaire. You know, that whole kind of Jordan Belfort kind of thing. But uh-huh. it, wasn't, it wasn't a fake dream. It was real. And the people that I know that work there or still work there, I'm not too sure what they do. And I don't really care, to be honest. They have realized that dream. But the second I got in there, I was like, okay, yeah, come in, do this, pick up the phone. Oh, I'll get money. I was like, my goal is not to do this. This doesn't fulfill me this doesn't have a purpose and it it was kind of in a similar process that you went through with the four c's i was like right let me let me correct failure what what do i not like about this i don't like having to come here wear a suit all this kind of stuff what kind of jobs can i have where i don't have to wear a suit where i don't have to be on time where i, I set my own schedule i was like ah, oh, okay i could work in a creative field and yeah there are you know hard and fast rules in the creative world yeah you still have to be on time you still have to go places but there's a lot less of that turn up at seven in the morning, leave at seven at night type thing. I was like, okay, cool. And I kept going through this process of just evaluating myself and my life and what I liked the most and what I was good at. And then I got to the point where I was I was in the middle of doing a degree in music, which I you know, hadn't studied professionally at all. I'd only done it recreationally. I was like, I want something to do, something to occupy my time. And in the course of that, I decided like, oh, I want to start this podcast company. I really love podcasting. I'm always listening to podcasts. 
I should start a company around it. And then I've ended up where I'm at now. But I guess the kind of point I'm trying to get at is how do other entrepreneurs or other business owners achieve success through using the accountability and the four C's? Well, I love your story. I love that. Okay. And let me, I'll relate it where, so when I st- left that big company and I joined that little startup, okay, it's employee number five, chief operating officer. And I was an owner. Um, I went in super cocky, Yeah. right? Like, Hey, I've got a program. I just built a $50 million company. Everything I touch turns to gold. Like mm. I thought I was the shiz, man. I mm. thought I was the bee's knees. And I walked in and after 90 days, I had made it worse. Yeah. Like everything I touched turned to garbage, right? <laughs> we had a negative, we had a negative $10,000 a month run rate, yeah. which by the way, is not a business model any of your bu- listeners should follow. Okay. Okay. You do not want to make sure everybody hears me. Do not get a negative $10,000 a month run rate or right. 10,000 euro. Okay. I don't yeah. care. Just yeah. don't do that. It's not going to work. Okay. So it was bad. And one day, I called my amazing wife, called her on the phone. I had a long commute on the way home and I called her and I started complaining. I was like, this job sucks. This company sucks. This industry is bad. I should have never left that business that I was in. I mean, I was flying around the world. I had an executive assistant. I had a budget. I mean, I was doing it. I was the greatest. Everybody loved me. And here I'm losing all of our money. The employees suck. I mean, everything is just awful. Yeah. Complain, complain, complain. And my wife lets me go on. And then she says, are you done? And I said, yeah. And she goes, good. <laughs> lucky for you. This is true. This is exactly what she said. She goes, lucky for you. I didn't marry a loser. Mm. She goes, I've been listening to you complain for weeks and I'm sick of it. Yeah. From now on, you only call me when you're going to talk about the solutions. Mm. Otherwise you are the problem. Mm. Only call me when you can talk about the four C's. And then she slammed down the phone. Okay. Now, Mm. I did not call her every day Mm. because sometimes I didn't have good things to say. Yeah. Okay. But she started to function like my coach Mm. or she had a long career in, in, as a senior executive in the optical industry. She knew a lot about business. She knew a lot about uh, managing employees and I would call her and, and talk about the four C's every day. Yeah. Okay. Here's what happened. Here's the decisions I made. Here was this, here's this, here's Mm. this, here's this, here's what we're doing. And she would push back. Well, what about this? Why'd you do this? What about here? What about this? What about this? And all of a sudden that business that was a negative $10,000 run rate, a year and a half later, we crossed 1.5 million. Mm. And it was during that process where I stopped using her as my coach. I actually hired a professional coach, Right. but it became one of the best things that I ever did was somebody that knew what I was trying to achieve that I could talk to on a regular basis that changed the way I thought, changed the way I acted, it changed what I did. Yeah. And it changed my life. And my wife, who's the superstar and of this whole story, because it was from there that we moved to Florida because I won a bunch of awards for that business. We moved to Florida and reran big operations for Amazon and State Farm um, in Jamaica. And then after there, I joined a financial services company as an owner and chief revenue officer, where we grew them from 36 million to 90 million in about three and a half years, all on the four C's. Like day one, I put them on the wall, made everybody learn them. Made everybody study him, understand him, talk about him every day. And it was after that whole progress. That's when Forbes brought me on. That's when um, they put put me on their podcast where I talked about the four C's. And then companies all over the world started reaching out and saying, Don, how do I how do I apply this? How do I do this? Yeah. How can I use you? And it was my amazing wife who said, start your business, start accountability now. Yeah. And start working with people to implement it, drive it have somebody they can work with mm. and grow their business as fast as possible. Yeah. And so I owe everything to her and, and her concept on it. Yeah. So uh, that's funny because over the past couple of weeks and a lot of podcasts I listen to, or maybe even just in general in conversation, a lot of people have been saying that men that have, you know, not only a wife, but also a good wife tend to be more successful in their life because they have a constant sounding board of somebody who more often than not only cares about your success. Obviously, they support you when you're down or you support them when they're down. But I think the the thing that that most people are trying to get at is that entrepreneurs that are just solo bachelor men, for them to be successful is very hard because they have nobody to kind of keep keep them going or keep pushing them. Yeah. So I'll build on that even a little step further. 
Okay. There's a guy named David O'McKay. He lived in the 1970s. And he has, he had this quote that I use all the time where he said, no success outside the home can justify failure inside the home. Mm. Now, this is very important, especially for your entrepreneurship listeners, because they go around and they want to wear this badge of honor of, I never take a vacation. I work 15 hours. I work every weekend. Mm. You know, that is not a badge of honor. It's a badge of stupidity. Mm. It is not a badge of honor. It's a badge of stupidity. Having multiple divorces because you and never seeing your kids is not a badge of honor. It's a badge of stupidity. Mm. I love what Elon Musk has done for the world. I love his entrepreneurship thrive, but I don't love the fact that he has seven kids with three women. Mm. Okay. And that he'll probably get another divorce and never spends time with his family. Yeah. Don't love that. Okay. Mm. Cause people idolize him and say, Oh, well, that's the way to do it. No, that is not. Mm. Okay. That is not the way to do it because in the end of the day, he's going to be 80 and 90 years old and he's going to be miserable and alone. Mm. Okay. The most, the reason why you work is not to build a big business legacy. Yeah. The reason why you work is build a family. Yeah. The reason my kids are intimately connected to my business right. on purpose. Yeah. And it's not about work-life balance. This is where people struggle. They think work-life balance is where it's at. And if you think about balance, um, balance means one scale has to give for the other until they each reach equilibrium. Yeah. But you talk about music. Yeah. Okay. What music did you, what, was there an instrument you studied or was it music DJing? What was it? So it was music production. So mainly like electronic in the computer based stuff, but I do That's play okay. guitar. But I think okay. at the moment, I feel like there's a movement to say the computer is an instrument, but that's a whole it different. Is. It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, but I agree. Okay, yeah. That's fine. Okay, Any generated sound yeah. is an instrument. Um, You'll understand then the concept of harmony. Mm. Okay, You'll have to understand that doing computer generated sounds. Yeah, Harmony is when you take two complementary notes and play them together to make a more beautiful sound. Mm -hmm. That's what harmony means. Yeah. So I don't teach work-life balance because that means give and take i yeah. teach work-life harmony mm -hmm. which means your work and your life should marry together to make more beautiful music yeah so for example my social media my daughter she's 16 years old she loves social media so what do we do every saturday morning every two weeks we have breakfast together mm -hmm. and we review my social media yeah she's my social media manager now look is she a pro is she an expert do i do a lot of the work sure i do but is she involved with it? Does she go through my posts with me? Does she go with what I'm trying to do? Yes. Because now she's connected to my business. Yeah. Okay. My son who just graduated high school, he's made cold calls for me. He's done lead generation for me. He's an email response. And now he's do, learning click funnels and doing marketing for me. Yeah. Is it the highest quality? No. But does it mean I get to meet with him every single week and review my business and review my numbers yeah. and go through ideas with him and connect him to my business? Mm. Yes. Every Sunday. My wife and I review all my clients, all my tasks, all my work, all my revenue, everything, because she acts as my CFO, mm. right? Because it's about harmony. Mm. These solo entrepreneurs are like, I don't want anybody in my business. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Be 90 years old and alone, mm. right? That's ridiculous. The last thing I want to do is have be 90 years old on my yacht mm. with nobody there to share it with. Yeah. That's miserable. I'd rather have my whole family with me forever. Mm. And that's, again, I'll go back to David McKay where he said, no success outside the home, no success outside the home justifies failure inside the home. Yeah, because I, I don't remember who it was, but one of my previous guests was saying about how all a child wants is for you to, to play with them. All a child wants is your time. That's all they want. And it kind of made me think back to this, this phrase that came into my head when I was trying to get out of stockbroken and just, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. There is no work-life balance. It's just life. You don't go to work and you suddenly die or you just stop existing. You're always living your life. And the way you've put it is so much more beautiful that there should be harmony between your home life and your work life. So I guess it, we're kind of at a point now where it's like, right, the listeners thinking to themselves, yeah, I'm ready. I know the, well, I'm not ready, but I'm understanding. The four C's are going to help me to become a better version of myself and become the best person I can be. But then maybe there's that one listener out there, or maybe two or three, but we're talking to one person at this moment who just yes, lacks confidence. And I, I personally, because I didn't want to do too much research and spoil the four C's for myself, I thought one of the four C's would be confidence. But from what I understand, the four C's help you to develop confidence. 
Ah, good. You're very smart, Sam. I'm going to give you high marks for being super intelligent. Okay. So let's talk about confidence for a second, because this is important because it impacts every one of your listeners, impacts you, impacts me, impacts my children. Confidence is a practiced skill. It's where people get wrong. Mm. People confuse confidence with being shy. Mm. They confuse confidence with being introverted. They confuse confidence with all these other things. Mm. Confidence is just always a 100% skill. Mm. That's it. Which means you have to practice. Yeah. Okay. So if I told you to go, uh, do you, uh, did you do any sports growing up? Did you do any physical activities? Yeah, I did basketball and rugby, mainly rugby, okay. but a little bit of basketball. Okay. Side. But let's, but let's just say rugby for yeah. a second. Okay. Your first time out on, I think you guys, did you guys call it the pitch? Is that what yeah. you call it? Pitch. Okay. Your first time out on the pitch. Mm. How confident were you? I was scared. I was thinking these people scared out of your me. mind. If you were going to hurt yeah. me, I when was When you saw somebody small. running at you. Yeah. yeah exactly. It was terrifying. Okay. Your last time on the pitch. How confident were you? Oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved you it. You loved it. Yeah. Booming. Mm. Okay. I the felt like difference... I was the danger on the There pitch. it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. The only difference was practice. Yeah. The only difference was practice. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Now I'm going to apply that same thing into a networking environment. I hear from people all the time. They say, well, Don, I'm not like you. I'm not extroverted. I can't network. I'm an introvert. Mm. And I say, you're a liar. Stop lying to yourself. Mm. You lack practice. Yeah. Okay, you're a brand new Sam on the pitch mm. playing rugby, and you're scared because mm-hmm. you don't know how you haven't practiced. But if we can practice it a thousand times, then you're the danger. Yeah. Okay. Confidence is practicing the four C's mm. pushes you to practice all the time. Correct failure. Practice all the time. Celebrate growth. Practice all the time. Mm. Critique success. Push yourself harder. Practice all the time mm. because those efforts create confidence yeah. confidence is a symptom of your deliberate practice mm-hmm. and so many times people just feel insecure and blame it on well i'm add or and i'm not saying these mental illnesses aren't real yeah but they blame their lack of confidence on add or their uh shyness or their introvertedness when those have nothing to do with it mm-hmm. it just has to do with lack of practice i've seen the most introverted people be brilliant networkers because they've practiced. I've seen the most introverted people be master salespeople. Yeah. Because they've practiced. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've seen the most extroverted people ever be quiet in a meeting and shut up mm. and let things occur because of practice. Yeah. That's the difference. And that's where confidence comes from. Yeah. I feel like it's any with anything. Obviously, yeah, natural ability has its has its place. But with most things that everybody does practices where people will succeed especially in the business realm everyone goes oh how does elon musk how does you know jeff bezos all you know all the billionaires and millionaires and even people like you and me how do they get to this level it's practice and i'll be honest my first interview wasn't really a good interview but it wasn't a recorded interview i just every time i went out to a party or to a place i was like i'm gonna interview this person without them knowing I'm interviewing them. I want them to That's tell right. me about themselves, their life, and I'm going to try to talk as little as possible. And I did that for about a year or two. And I was like, right, I think I'm ready to record the show. And even then, when I got to recording my first guest, I was still a bit nervous and a bit shaky, but that person came away and said, oh, wow, that's the best interview I've ever done. You asked so many questions. I was like, I've practiced this outside of here before I got That's to right. game time. If you took a, a kid out of high school and plopped him straight on the NFL, you know, in the Super Bowl, he's going to be knee shaking. It's going to be scary. But that's right. To get to that point, there are years and years of practice. And I feel like people never really internalize that or mentally think about that. Everybody you see that's in front of you doing something impressive or something amazing has practiced for years, if not decades, before they've even reached in front of you. I'll build on that. So, because in entrepreneurship, it's particularly bad because I see what's called a, a wantrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are people, um, and they're any ages from the ages of 15 all the way up to 50. Yeah. And let's say they're usually they're following Gary V mm-hmm. or they're following somebody else and they just want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So they start calling themselves an entrepreneur, even though they've never actually answered payroll, they've never actually. Um, put anything at risk. Yeah. They've never actually sold anything. You can't be an entrepreneur 
Mm. I want to make sure everybody knows this. You can't be an entrepreneur by just talking about it mm. or just following somebody yeah. or just thinking it. Mm-hmm. You can only be an entrepreneur by living it. Yeah. Am I risking my finances for the success of this business? Yeah. Am I living on this based on its success? That's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Everything else is just talk mm. and it's not real. Which means you won't get the benefits of it being real, which is why they get frustrated. Yeah. Well, when I'm entrepreneur, but I'm never be I'm never successful. Yeah. Because you didn't go all in. Mm. You actually didn't practice the behavior and go all in. You're just following Gary Vee and reposting his quotes. Yeah. And saying I'm an entrepreneur too. That's not being an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur starting the business, trying to sell, taking a big risk. Yeah. And it's hard to sell, to be honest. Like I, I, what I didn't realize is coming into the business I'm in now, I already have you know, a year or two or maybe even three years of sales experience. And I've realized that at the core of every business, especially if you're, you know, the founder, the the, the first person to try to do this thing, you have to be able to sell. And if you can't sell, you've got to find someone who can sell or you have to learn how to sell. And funnily enough, I can see just behind you, I don't know if that's your right or left shoulder, you have yeah. the 10X rule. So that's the Grant yes, Cardone, Cardone book. Yep. So I'm wondering if you see sales as a kind of important part of, any entrepreneur's skill set. Yeah. So l- let me speak about sales for a second. I'm a big fan of Cardone's stuff. I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of time with, with him and his organization. And yeah. um, I teach, and the way I teach sales is that everyone can sell. Right. Everyone can. Yeah. Okay. The, where they fail is when they try to sell. Okay. And I'll mm. get, we'll do a little exercise here. I'll show you how you can do it. Okay. Yeah. Real easy. Let's do it. Okay. So, so Sam, um, you grew up, you had parents. Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. When you were growing up, were, were you ever five years old before? I yeah. assume you were once five years old. <laughs> I wasn't. When you were, okay, were you ever five years old and you wanted candy really bad? Indeed. Or something? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you, what did you do when you wanted it? I asked my mom. What I if she said it. no? I mean, to be fair, she rarely said no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's okay. But if she, if she did, why didn't she say no? Uh, I was a fairly well behaved child. I used to, do stuff around the house. I was, you know I mean, I used to, I feel like there was an equal exchange. Maybe she ah, didn't always okay. say yes, but yeah, most of okay, the time. But that's good. Okay. I presented, I gave a lot of value, mm. which means I got it for free. Yeah. Okay? Or I got what well, I got, what I asked for. Very good. Then when you were older, do you ever want to borrow a car or get some money? Yeah. Like as a teenager? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a little harder ask than candy. Most definitely. Okay. Did you ever get a yes? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you got to know, what did you do? just said all right well you know thanks i won't i won't ask again or i won't ask you know and then you might have changed how you asked the next time almost (laughs) definitely yeah yeah okay that's sales Mm. you've been a salesperson since you were five years old yeah okay sales is in every relationship in your life Mm -hmm. okay now when you stop doing it that way and you try to sell that's when you're a dick Mm. okay and that's when nobody wants to do it nobody likes to be sold yeah they like real people. Yeah. Your mother was giving you candy because, hey, he was providing value for me. Mm-hmm. He was going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. I'll absolutely pay for that. Yeah. Bang. That's great sales. Yeah. That's great sales training. So if you're trying to be an entrepreneur and you're trying to sell your business, be a five-year-old. Yeah. Give good value. Yeah. Give good value for free. Yeah. And then ask for what you need. Mm. Right? Don't be insecure about it. That's you being insecure. Be five. Yeah. Were you insecure about asking for candy or did you just know you wanted it? Did you just know you want it? You just know you want it. Okay. So then ask for some daggum candy. Yeah. Hey, look what I've been giving you. Give me five grand. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. What's the worst they're going to say? No, not right now. Okay. No problem. Mm. I'll keep giving you some, I'll keep doing stuff for you and then you'll give me it later. Yeah. Okay. And then in, when you were older, you had to ask for harder things. Yeah. If they said no, which they do all the time. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask differently next time, aren't I? Mm. I'm going to do more value, do more things, do the, and I'm sure you said things like, Hey, mom, dad, Look, I've been really good this week. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Yeah. Can I get, can I get, you know, some money? Can I get this? That's sales. Yeah. Right. You've been doing sales since you were a toddler. Yeah. And the reason people fail now is because they try to do it like an adult. Yeah. And I say, stop, go be a toddler. We're going to teach you. And I have a really simple sales method. I teach people to get them and drive. Because remember the core of all sales is emotion. Yeah. That's why you've made every buying decision in your life is you generated emotion. Yeah. So you, we're going to teach you how to create a little bit of emotion in people mm. and then ask for what you want. Yeah. And you'll close like crazy. 
Yeah. I must admit, I feel like people as well, they don't take the time to learn their own sales style. If you're a laid back, chill type of person, there's no point suddenly going from being that to high energy, bye, bye, bye now. And then if you're a high energy person, then maybe you need to tone it down or maybe you feed into that. But I feel like everybody tries to learn, you know, the the very, very tacky sales techniques you see on TV, all the, the boiler room stuff and, you know, yeah, the, Wall Street the, stuff. And that might not it be doesn't work. Nah, yeah, look, the, the key to being good at sales is being yourself, mm. using story and generating emotion. Simple. Right. Real, real simple. Everybody that works in my group and goes through my sales trainings, mm. they become, they come out me- like unbelievably selling. We've got uh, over 40 coaches in my group coaching program mm. and almost half of them are at 40% close rates now Yeah, when they had never closed the deal before in their life. Yeah. And it's all because they understand how to use story, how to generate emotion yeah. and, and bring it on home. And you said something there that is quite key. And I hope the listener hears that part. 40%. You don't close. Nobody closes every deal. That is just impossible. But 40% is a winning average. Because if you go and think to yourself, wow, four out of you know, four out of ten people I close, I'm gonna close them for say ten thousand pounds or ten thousand dollars. That's forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But most people want to close a hundred percent of the sales, and so they all spend time meticulously going through this lead and that lead. It's like, listen, the leads are the leads, you get them how you get them. It's it's sales is unfortunately, as much as people don't want to admit it, is a numbers game. You have to keep throwing shit at the wall. That's right. It's all numbers. It's all numbers. You're absolutely right. 40% is a monumental closing rate. It is. Right. If if I could give 40% in all my other businesses, geez, it'd be unbelievable. Mm. Right. So, and to your point, that's what you want to do is you do the the math and be like, that is, it's like $40,000 every Mm. month. Yeah. Well, if I'm bringing on $40,000 of revenue every single month, Mm. well, shoot, I've got a, I've got an unbelievable business, right? I've got a half a million dollar business right there. Yeah. So you, you run this, this coaching business and it is something that you have kind of found yourself loving and enjoying. And funnily enough, recently about two or three of my previous guests have been business coaches. And a lot of people give business coaches this kind of, I don't know, this, this bad stick of, oh, they're just trying to sell you a course to teach you how to make a course. How do you kind of combat these naysayers and go, look, business coaching is necessary. I might not be right for you, but definitely there's a coach out there that can help you grow your business or grow your mindset. So a couple of things. First of all, there's a lot of business coaches that are not, and I'm not going to poo-poo on them specifically, mm. but I tell people all the time, if you're going to hire a business coach, mm. first of all, dig into what they've actually done. Mm. I would never hire a business coach who is a theoretical business coach right? because they've, they, I will always ask them, have you answered payroll? Like, have you actually answered payroll? Like you've had employees. Have you sold a business before? Mm. Have you taken it through investment? Have you raised funding? Um, Have you answered to a board? Have you, like, I would go through the whole gambit. If they haven't done those things, Mm -hmm. then I say, thank you so much. Get out of my face. Yeah. Because then all they are is a theoretical business coach. Right. And a theoretical business coach, you can get out of a book. Yeah. Okay. I'm a business coach. I have zero certifications from some coaching school, zero. Yeah. Okay. And I see all these business coaches that have certifications and executive coach certifications. I have zero. Mm. Okay. And my practice is, uh, right now it's over a half million this year. It's half million dollar practice. Yeah. Okay. And all we do in my business is now I have a lot of certifications like with digital marketing, sales, uh, sales and coaching, um, sales leadership and Disney executive leadership. Okay. So I have some certifications there. But all the experience is I expect my coach to be a player coach. And that's what we do, Yeah, which is we blur the line between consultant and coach. Mm. Part of it, we're going to be a true coach and ask you tough questions. Yeah. And part of it, we're going to help you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's why all of my clients grow. Yeah. I took one client from 20 or from 200,000 euros to 6 million euros in a year. Yeah. Right. And I would push that on every single Coach, if some one of your listeners is trying to hire a coach, I would say to them, first of all, talk to somebody they've worked with. Yeah. Talk to them mm-hmm. and say, find out what they grew to and make sure they've actually done work. Yeah. They aren't some theoretical. That's that's why my clients continue to come back to me yeah. and I continue to do well. It's because it's not theory, it's not hype, it's tactics. 
uh, it's and that's what I do. I don't try to get them. I have courses and I have things that people can get in. Yeah. But my courses are like, for example, I have a seven dollar a month course. Yeah. Okay. I'm not selling some nine hundred dollar course to teach you how to build a business. Mine's seven dollars a month. Yeah. Right. Because I believe everybody should have access to good content. Yeah. All right. That's what I believe. And so yeah. I've got hundreds of people in that. Mm. Just because I believe everybody should have access to good content. Yeah. But then if you're if you want to be have a really good business coach, work with me and we'll change your business. Yeah. So that's the and one of the things that I'm just rolling out now too, just um I'm excited to share this on here is um it's called business coaching plus. Right. It's a group coaching model mm -hmm. because there are coaches all over the world, mm. particularly in Europe and the United States, where they can't afford a high ticket business coach, right? Somebody's going to charge them five or six grand a month. Yeah. Right? They're just too small of a startup. Mm. So I've created a product where they can meet, like I'm going to run the session personally yeah. with coaches from all over the world. We meet every week, mm. every week as a group. And then once a month, we have a one-on-one -on -one once a month to mm. go through business. And that, that whole thing every month, it's always month to month. There's no contracts. It's only 200 euros a month. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Okay. It's a budget everybody could afford. They get real business coaching, really how to grow their business uh, at a price that they could easily roll into their business and and scale quickly. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people tend to go to themselves. Oh, if you're going to help me grow, then why don't you just help me grow? Then I'll give you some of the profits. It's like I need to eat now. I need to pay my bills now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there is a you're providing value to them. And I feel like a lot of people, especially nowadays, YouTube, Google, whatever, they don't want to have to pay for things that are going to make their money down the line, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Remember, and this is a Gary Vee quote. He said, to have real change, you have to invest two things. Mm. You have to invest time. Yeah. You have to invest money. Yeah. Okay. And if you're unwilling to do one of those two things, you will not change. Yeah. And every business owner needs to hear that. If yeah. you really want to change your business, then you have to invest time and you have to invest money. Yeah. Now your money will fluctuate because if you don't have enough cash flow to buy, pay for like my services that are really expensive, that's fine. Then do a different coach or, or join my group coaching program, yeah. which is very small, but then you're investing time, you're investing money yeah. and you can start to get better. And that, that leads back into accountability because, yeah, you can dedicate your time to something, but if you've spent money on something, you're going to be a lot more dedicated to that thing. That's right. That's that's the whole mindset commitment. I'm investing time and investing money. I'm going to go make this happen. Yeah, most definitely. So my last kind of question is the question that you've uh, put on your, your form that you filled in for me. Yeah. Was uh, how the four C's of accountability became the rock bed of your business and your life and supported you through your, well, you've already spoke about your wife's cancer, but it supported you through the growth of all your business ventures. Um, when I started to, you know, when it's, you know, and I walked through kind of, you know, what it did when I was at the first company and then, it, then at the startup hmm. through my wife's cancer and then through the financial services company. And then when Forbes reached out to me, I had written an article on LinkedIn, like a yeah. little blog post. About yeah. the four C's. Mm. Okay. Now the Forbes thing is a little different. Um, back when I was that with my first business mm. that was failing. Yeah. Okay. And and anybody that's been in a business that's failing will relate to this mindset. When it was failing, I was trying every idea I could think of. Right. Mm. Like you want to talk about spaghetti against the wall. I was trying everything to try to get this turnaround. Mm. And one of the ideas was I wrote down, I should write for Forbes. Mm. If I'm writing for Forbes, we're gonna be successful yeah. so this is back in 2013 mm. i found out how to send them an article i wrote an article i sent it to them and nothing yeah. they didn't respond nothing mm. next month i wrote another let run another article 800 word article yeah. nothing okay now i'm a big fan of goal writing goal yeah. setting and i write down my goals every morning yeah. every morning i write down all my goals and I would write down every morning, I write for Forbes. Yeah. It was part mantra, part affirmation, part goal. Yeah. And I'd write that. And so every month I would send them an article, yeah. a new article. Boom, boom, boom. No response. Nothing, 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 nothing. Zero, literally zero responses. Yeah. I did that for every month in 2013, every month in 2014, yeah. almost every month in 2015. 
every month in 2016, every month in 2017. Jeez. Still no responses. Yeah. Then in May of 2018, they found an article I posted on LinkedIn and said, hey, we liked this article. We'd love to bring you on as a contributor. And I wanted to say, what about all the other 45,000 words I've sent you, jerks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. I just counted the win. Yeah. Okay. They said, we loved it. We want you to have, write about the four C's and what you can do. And I rewrote it. And then they said, can we put you on our podcast? We're doing a whole series on accountability. We want you to feature what you're doing. And all of a sudden, that happened. And those things would have happened. You want to talk about practice. Yeah. If I hadn't written 45,000 words. Yeah. Of getting better at writing, better understanding, better at concept, better at all those things. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was became a Forge contributor, which then gave me the authority. And this is important for business owners and coaches. You have a lot of coaches that listen to you and all these people. You cannot sell your business unless you have authority. Yeah. Unden what I call undeniable authority. If you don't have undeniable authority, it'll never work. And so instantly I became a forums contributor and an expert on accountability because they feature me on that podcast. Yeah. Which means now I have authority. Yeah. And because I have authority, I can sell. I see so many coaches out there that are, I'm a real estate person and yeah. I want to go coach entrepreneurs. Mm. Well, it's asinine. Yeah. Right. Because you've never been an entrepreneur. Yeah. You talked about business coaches that are kind of fraud or scammy. Yeah. It's because they've never actually ran a business and they want to be a business coach. Well, that's right. That doesn't work. You have to have authority. Yeah. And so the four C's became the launch pad into my undeniable authority, which built my whole business. Here's where to find Don online. You can follow me online on Instagram. I have a pretty big Instagram following, 75,000 followers. Executivecoach.don. We've got great content on there. But then also, for anybody looking at kind of growing their business, go to rentacro.com, right? Rentacro.com. You can get your own sales assessment to see what we can, you can learn about your sales strategy. You can get my ebook for free on there about the four C's, as well as sign up for the online mastery course about accountability. It's $7 a month. It's cheaper than Netflix, cheaper than Disney Plus, you name it. You get into that and anybody that signs up on there, I'm going to get them into my business coaching plus that wants to, they'll get in for free for the first month. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.